Hello and welcome to the Learning to Mum podcast, a podcast dedicated to talking all things being a mum and all things being a female. The latter I feel much more qualified to talk about. I'm passionate about the honest accounts, the raw reality and all the highs and lows that come with motherhood. So welcome to this podcast hosted by me, Kelly Beaumont. I'm so grateful to have you listening to me today. Enjoy. Hi everybody and welcome to the Learning to Mum podcast. This is a sneaky little bonus episode that I wanted to drop into your listening uh, midway through April to kind of just tide people over until the release of season two. I also wanted to kind of share where I was realistically with season two and just have a really good, honest, open conversation with those of you who do listen to this podcast. I've spoken to a few mums recently who have said that the podcast really helped and having that come through on a weekly basis gave them something to kind of focus towards. And I mean, that in itself was just an amazing, (laughs) you know, some amazing comments that I received. And it just kind of sparked me wanting to check in and share where I'm at, some of the things that have been happening, and also talk to you about the topic of mum guilt, because it's something that I am feeling more than I ever have done since Ophelia was born. And I'm not entirely sure whether that's because of who I am and what I'm going through personally, or whether it's something that all mums go through at certain points during motherhood Um, and maybe this is my first really intense period of that. I'm also going to be really honest with you and signpost that I am cleaning (laughs) as I'm recording this podcast so if you hear bits of spray or whatever else as I'm as I'm talking to you then that's what's happening. And I was going to sit down and just kind of have a cup of tea and record this. But sometimes I think just having a conversation with no script, which is what I like to do with this, I rarely have a script. um, Well, I never have a script, but I rarely have notes that I refer to because I just like to speak like authentically and organically and whatever comes out, comes out. Um, that's the reason that I've never edited this podcast, probably to some people's disgust. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to kind of talk as I go, really. So let me give you an update generally, as I always used to do. Ophelia has just turned eight months. So when was it? A couple of days ago, she turned eight months old, which is absolutely crackers. Charles and I kind of had a conversation about how quickly time goes and I know it's something that everybody says and I think until you experience it yourself you kind of just think yeah 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 but it does it zooms past and I think particularly now that she you know she's she's more of a a human being uh, if I dare say that, I'm sure some people will um, <laughs> strike me for that and tell me that that's completely, you know, unfair. But to me, very much in those early days and early months, she just felt like a little blob that, <laughs> you know, fed, pooped, all of that stuff. And v- there was very little 
in the way of what she gave back. And yes, arguably, parenting is not about that return. It's it's a purely selfish experience. But actually, there's something to be said about having a baby that can smile back and in times that feel really tough or the sleepless nights, feeling that you're there with that little baby who is a little bit more aware of what's happening. And yeah, I just, I feel like I now have a little girl who I can tell when she's sad. I can tell when she's happy. We know when she's hungry, her personality's coming through. She also has said her first word, which was Baba. <laughs> I was really holding out for Mama um, or even Dada, but no, we got Baba. Um, and now that's kind of her little noise when she's happy. She's ba ba ba, ba ba ba. And, you know, hearing what her voice sounds like, all of those little special moments, just really, really powerful. So, yeah, this stage is is really, really lovely. I remember speaking to my friend Kat when her daughter, my goddaughter Robin, was around this age. And I said to Kat, you know, what, what do you think has been the most kind of exciting age? Bearing in mind at the time, Ophelia was maybe six weeks old. And she said now, you know, in terms of between birth and where we are now, it's it's now. And she was around the eight month mark and she just said, you know, I feel like she's my little friend and I can completely relate to that. I feel that my style is so much more suited to the age that Ophelia is now. So if there's any mums or dads or any of the carers that are out there thinking, I'm really struggling with this newborn stage. I'm not sure I'm cut out for this. Trust me, hold out because things do get, I don't know whether easy is the right word, but things become more manageable. And I am a much more rational person as a result of where we're at in Ophelia's life, if you will. So that's really lovely. Um, we're still on um, the weaning journey in terms of trying new foods. She tries, you know, she has a lot more finger food and she started to have, she tried a bit of ice cream, a bit of garlic bread, naan bread, curry. And, and again, I just find that so exciting. That just feels really rewarding to be able to kind of blitz down some of the foods that we're having it just becomes a lot kind of more um hmm. I think straightforward and less kind of daunting because yeah they're turning into a more mature baby and there's a lot of things that come with that so she's now on three meals a day which is fun albeit that kind of last meal of the day varies sometimes she'll get a proper meal sometimes she will just get a yogurt um I, I just use the Ella's kitchen yogurt pouches so that when we're out on a walk which typically is our afternoon gig um I can give her some food whilst we're out and about and it just means that we've got longer time of being out and about which is lovely just whipping out a spoon and a pouch and it just makes it so much easier 
but other times she'll just have a milk. So I'm not too prescriptive. I, I try not to put too much pressure on it if she's had a particularly big lunch. I just, I think that maternal instinct really starts pushing through the older that they get. And I feel so much more confident in the decisions that I make. Um, simple things like the clothes that she wears, how many layers we put on, whether I need to change her nappy because it's a little bit wet or whether it can go a little bit longer. You know, all of those things that just, I think in those early days, as soon as she'd done a pee, I'd be like, oh my God, let's change the nappy, let's smother her in um, the cream and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. It, the pressure has definitely alleviated in that sense. And then another key milestone is that she has started nursery. And actually today is her first full day at nursery. So she did a taste session. She did a half day last week and today is her first full day. I wasn't the parent that kind of stood outside and got emotional about it. I suppose it wouldn't be very in keeping with the personality type that I am if I, if I was like that. It wasn't that I put pressure on myself to be really chilled about it, but I was, you know, and I've, I've picked a nursery that I feel really confident in. They've got really good reviews. I really like the people. I've spoken to her key worker numerous times. They acknowledge that we have a routine. They ring me to check what foods she can have. All of that. And I think finding the right nursery makes it a, a kind of smoother transition. And a nursery that's really welcoming to say, just ring at any point during the day if you want an update as to how she is. So I haven't found transitioning into nursery that difficult. She absolutely loved it last week. I picked her up and she was fast asleep by the time that we got home. I even managed to transfer her from her baby carrier into her cot and she stayed asleep. So she was absolutely zonked. I really don't know how she's going to be by the end of today. Obviously, a full day at nursery is quite intense. She usually has quite a good sleep at lunchtime. And I'm not sure that that will maybe happen as, as successfully at nursery when there's people around and other babies crying. She's used to having her white noise machine on and very other, very little other disturbances. So that's going to be interesting. And let's see how tonight goes um fingers crossed but yeah nursery has been a welcome change in her routine and I'm thrilled that she has responded to it well no tears when I handed her over I suppose she's still quite young to understand what's happening and that mum's leaving um <clears throat> so yeah I think that that's worked in our favour taking her quite young she is happy when I pick her up no tears when because sometimes I think babies can get a little bit overwhelmed when their their person comes back but again she seemed okay so I'm feeling fairly good about nursery I definitely feel like it's the right thing for us I definitely think me working is the right thing for me so yeah I will update you as time goes on in in terms of how she does with longer days at nursery and a more kind of consistent routine with nursery because as of May she will be going two days a week instead of one so I'm kind of easing her in I did her settling in day a half day and then she's doing a few weeks of one full day and then she'll go to two full days per week so yeah that's nursery
I think that that's pretty much it in terms of Ophelia's updates. Still no teeth coming through, still no crawling. Um, she sits up really confidently. She likes to be held in a standing position and we literally just lean her up against something. So she's shown really good kind of leg strength, but yeah, no no interest in crawling. I'm, I'm not sure that she will crawl, to be completely honest. I think she'll go straight to walking in in due course but I'm just not putting any pressure on that kind of stuff I just kind of think she'll do those things as and when she's ready and we'll just go with the flow and as I say Baba is now a daily occurrence from the minute she wakes up it's Baba <laughs> um but it use it means that she's in a really good mood so so that's really good in terms of me I am okay uh okay I think it's probably the best or best word for it which is a really crap word isn't it but I'm going through a moment of uh what am I going through I don't really know I don't really know what I'm going through personally I have started to have a bit of um kind of blackouts not like passing out or fainting but moments where I go really lightheaded and everything goes black um so I'm going for blood tests and an ECG but I for anybody who's listened to this before you will have heard on the pregnancy no the birth episode that when I had Ophelia I did end up having an iron transfusion so yeah I don't know whether it's linked to that or not but I need to get it checked out I need to stop just thinking that it'll be okay I need to go and get it properly checked out I'm just gonna open the blinds so there's gonna be a nice noise and then I think I'm in a weird headspace generally I don't know whether other people feel like this so that's why I wanted to do a podcast episode on it so that if anybody does experience this you know that I'm going through it too, which is this kind of exacerbated want and desire to be a really good person. And what I mean by that is this kind of pressure that I'm putting on myself. It's not coming from anywhere or anyone else, but this pressure to be the best version of myself that I can possibly be because I'm a mum and I want to be a good mum and I want to be a good person but I think the pressure that I'm putting on myself is forcing me to feel at times like a bit of a failure and I question every decision that I make not to the extent where it kind of inhibits me from doing things but kind of like that kind of retrospective I could have done that better or I should have handled that differently that seems to be kind of plaguing me more than it ever has done historically. I'm somebody who, and I've spoken again about this quite openly on the podcast, I'm somebody that feels the need to be in control pretty much all of the time. And being a mum has demonstrated to me significantly how control is something that you do have to really relinquish. And I think I'm still really adjusting to that. 
And I go through moments where I feel like I'm able to really handle that. And then other moments where I'm overwhelmed by that and I can't control it, despite knowing that putting pressure on myself to have that control makes it 10 times worse. So it's just this kind of like consistent cycle, uh, which is leading to a significant feeling of what I can only term as mum guilt, real, real mum guilt. Uh, It just, yeah, I just didn't ever anticipate that this was what mum guilt would manifest into. Again, I spoke on one of my other podcasts where I, podcast episodes where I had a bit of a, bit of a panic attack where I signposted that the mum guilt that I was experiencing was because I didn't want to sit and hug Ophelia um, endlessly or whatever. And and I felt that that was my duty as a mum. But yeah, I still couldn't, you know, conform to that. But yeah, and, and, and I said there, oh, you know, mum guilt, I thought it was not giving them ice cream when they wanted ice cream. I didn't necessarily think it was something that was part of these early kind of motherhood days. But yeah, that's just progressively become worse. And as I say, I think in line with that, the amount of pressure that I'm putting on myself is then forcing me to feel really incapable, really uh, disappointed with the decisions that I make, disappointed with the actions that I take. And just to be really clear, nothing that I am doing is bad you know I'm not doing anything that could really upset Ophelia or definitely ever hurt Ophelia so when I step back and I think gosh Kelly the amount of pressure that you are applying to these things is really unreasonable and despite me being able to look at that like I said retrospectively in the moment I'm finding that I just don't have the capacity to step back from it um So I have, again, looked at CBT. So I think, again, I spoke on here about starting CBT. But I just hadn't found the right therapist. Is that what they're called? So I just actually identified somebody else that I'm going to work with. And I just really want to tackle it. I really, really want to tackle it. Because whilst I think mum guilt is just a fact of parenting I want to be kinder to myself but predominantly I want to continue to challenge my approach to things in order to be the best version of myself for Ophelia so that that doesn't go away despite me saying you know I want to tackle this mum guilt and put less pressure on myself I still want to complement that with being the best version of myself and I don't see that as a blocker I think I can still be kind and fair to myself whilst trying to be good and feeling less frustrated when those things that are out of my control you know happen or feeling less irritable because of whatever that may be and 
I think the one thing that I do have on my side is a really supportive partner, really supportive husband. And I guess the message in this podcast episode is to if you're with the part if you're with your partner and having a child has put strain on your relationship I would really encourage you to take a step back and understand why that is and maybe Charles would say differently he hasn't to me (laughs) and I think we're really good at being honest about how things are I don't think that having Ophelia has necessarily put a strain on our relationship I certainly think it could have done if we didn't continue to have an open dialogue and we weren't supportive of each other and Charles didn't acknowledge the fact that sleep deprivation really bothered me and knowing that my lack of control really bothered me I do understand that without him I couldn't be a good version of me if that makes sense so I think that it is a huge team effort it can't just be mum's going to really make the effort or dad's going to really make the effort. I think everybody needs to lay their cards on the table. And mum's effort might just be, I'm shattered. I'm not in a good place. My body has changed significantly. My responsibilities have shifted. My independence has crumbled. Even if mum's, even if all mum can do, and I say even if all she can do, I mean, that's a bloody big step. But if mum can lay her cards on the table and be honest with partner to say this is what's going on, it is down to the partner to think about how they can work with that. Because please, please be kind to the mums because let's think about the shift that they've gone through in so many different aspects. And arguably that happens to dads as well. But I can only speak for our experience. And it's hugely evident that the adjustment that I've gone through is much more significant than Charles and Charles would back that and say that he agrees with that so if you're finding that there is strain on your relationship then you need to compromise you need to have that discussion and you need to work out write down speak out loud whatever it may be however you communicate however you feel comfortable doing this you have to air it and you have to work through an action plan together because it's hard it's hard and mum guilt can extend to relationship guilt or just guilt there's just so much guilt and pressure that we're carrying around with us so let's talk about it openly and let's not put any more pressure on mums to get back snap back to who you were well guess what I'm not that person anymore because I'm a mum And I've just told you about all the other adjustments that come with being a mum. So let's ease up on whatever your expectations are of me, because my expectations of me are I'm keeping this baby alive and I'm also trying to keep myself alive too. Um, And there's a lot that goes into that. (laughs) There is a lot that goes into that. So. So, yes. um, What am I what was I wanting to do in this episode? speak openly, speak honestly. That was the the reason for creating this in the first place. And I think I could have waited and waited and waited to have this conversation. But I just wanted to, I guess, put it out there that I am going through these emotions. I'm still continuing to go through this adjustment. 
despite being in a really good place with Ophelia. So it doesn't just, you know, they don't just get older and everything slots into place. I'm continuing to figure out all of this stuff. And I'm by no means, you know, through with that. I think that that will continue for as long as being a mum, which, you know, is the rest of forever. So, yeah, the updates for me are really important. And I don't know when I'm going to start series two. In all honesty, I'm balancing everything. I'm juggling being mum, being wife, being back at work, being a manager, getting back to some normality in inverted commas with the reduction of lockdown and things kind of easing to open. So wanting to get Ophelia to baby sensory and swimming lessons and just figuring out what our new kind of reality is with Ophelia in nursery and me working. And I think because of that, you know, the thing that was always going to fall was going to be the podcast because especially given that I wanted series two to be interviewing other mums it's hard to find the time a in my diary but b to complement theirs as well so I guess I'm just setting my stall up in this bonus episode to say that series two might look slightly different to how I'd anticipated or desired it to be I would really still like to speak to a blend of different mums who had different experiences to me in terms of their birth or mums that have gone through postnatal depression or um, mums that have become mums through different avenues. So I really, really do still want to do that. But there's a lot more planning and foresight that goes into that. And therefore, it might be that that's kind of weaved into series two as opposed to the only thing that happens in series two. So I just want to signpost that. Um, Yes. And I think that this for me is my first step to easing the pressure on perfectionism. Um, I notice I've said erm a lot. I think I'm just really speaking from the heart in this episode. And as I say, without too much kind of planning and going into that. But along with me needing to be in control, there's this kind of overwhelming desire to be perfect. And I'm not. (laughs) Like, nobody is. Shock horror. And I could have put all of the pressure in the world on me to get series two to be what I'd anticipated and what I'd signposted. But I think the amount of what would have had to go into that to make it true would have just been too much for me. So, yeah, I think this is a really good move that I'm coming on here to say, hey, guess what? I really want to continue with this podcast because I know that it's helping people and I know that it's helping me, but it's not going to be exactly what I said it was. And that's cool. That's okay, because this is a nice to have, you know, this is something that I'm trying to do alongside everything else. So when am I hoping to relaunch series two? Good question Um, that nobody's asked. I'm asking it out loud for myself. (laughs) I would like to get it started and up and running again from May time. Once I've got into a little bit of a rhythm with the four day working week. 
So maybe around mid-May time, which means I'll have taken a couple of months out. And I, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to set my aspiration for the middle of May to get this back up and running. It's going to continue to come out on Fridays at seven o'clock in the morning, as you will see from this episode. And who knows, it might be an interview with a mum, or it might be me providing you with an update and talking about a different topic, but we shall see the element of surprise you should, you should appreciate that, right? So I will look forward to speaking to you or speaking at you all in a few weeks time. And I really hope that this update and kind of talking about the topic of mum guilt, again, as a continued topic is useful for some people. And if you can acknowledge it and know that it's kind of happening to you too, as ever, is there somebody that you can talk to about it? Are you being kind to yourself? Do you need to kind of take a little bit of pressure off? And hey, I am preaching to the choir because even saying that out loud, I know that I've still got a bit of a journey to go on with it. And I will continue to share that as I go. But other than that, I will speak to you all next month. I hope everything's going okay and I hope that as lockdown is easing and you're able to meet up with more people and do more baby things, I hope that it's making the experience of motherhood a much more manageable and enjoyable time because at the end of the day, we're doing the best that we can do and that little person is looking to you to just be mum and if that's putting food on the table and giving them a warm bed and that's all you've got in your reserves at the moment, you're doing a bloody good job. So just keep going. Sending lots of love to everybody and I will speak to you all next month. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Learning to Mum podcast. I hope you found it somewhat insightful or it gave you a little bit of insight into the reality of being a mum. You might be able to hear Ophelia in the background say goodbye to. If you want to hit subscribe, that would be really appreciated. And it'll mean that as new episodes are launched, they'll drop straight into your preferred listening. So I'll see you all next week. Have a good one. Bye.